Det er så mye som sies om Midtøsten at jeg har bestemt meg for å reise ned hit for å oppleve det selv. Og Israel er et sammensatt, mangfoldig og bemerkelsesverdig land. En smeltedigel mellom øst og vest. Her er det kristne, jøder og arabere som lever sammen i et demokrati som er over 60 år gammelt. Dette skal bli veldig spennende. Dette mektige stedet midt i Jerusalem er både et åndelig og et fysisk sentrum for religiøs tro. I dag ligger Al-Aqsa-moskeen og klippedomen her, men litt i siden for de nåværende byggene lå først Salomos tempel og siden Herodes tempel som ble ødelagt rundt år 70 av romerne. Vi skal snakke med en kjent rabbi som skal vise oss rundt på tempelinstituttet i Jerusalem, der de levende gjør denne historien, men også gjenskaper hellige kar, alter og lysestaker som står klare til bruk når jødene mener at det tredje tempel skal bygges. roots in European civilization are quite remarkable. Would you be so kind to explain to us about the faith of Judaism? You know, Judaism uh, is a word, ism, you know, it's a word that um, comes itself from the exile really, but the Jewish people are much older um, and I think that personally one of the mistakes that people make is in thinking that Judaism is a religion because it's not really a religion rather the Jews are a people and we have a covenant and the covenant is with the Creator and the Creator who uh, expressed his love for the forefathers Abraham Isaac and Jacob and made a covenant with their descendants forever and brought them forth from Egypt and presented to them the Torah at Mount Sinai based on the 613 commandments, which is an internal covenant. So, uh, on, you know, in a nutshell, really, when we talk about the faith of Judaism, we're really talking about an ancient way. It's the way of Torah, which really has universal significance, not only for the people of Israel, but it is a code by which man is challenged to elevate human existence to uh, contact with the divine and to elevate uh, human existence to a divine purpose. 
the first thing that we are taught is that there is a God in the world and he is the only reality and he brought forth all of existence from nothing there is a creator and there, that is everything because everything in our lives is about just learning who that creator is and just walking in his ways and the greatest experience that a human being can have is to is to know who that creator is that's what what Judaism is really all about it's such a moment when I believe David comes to the point where he wants to build the temple uh, for God in Jerusalem and he's told uh, by the Holy God that it will be his son who builds it and reading all those descriptions about the beauty of that temple uh, would you describe to us how the temple of Solomon looked like and how it was at that time when that was built the first thing I think we have to understand and you know there is a great deal of detail that exists in the writings in the Torah and in the commentaries about how every aspect was and of course here in the Temple Institute because our goal is the rebuilding of the temple this is our area of study and there is much uh, knowledge uh, that needs to be uh, accessed and reactivated but I want to say that you know the temple is not about a building and people sometimes say you know uh, this is like a cult of uh, architecture you know what is so important about a building if God is everywhere you know why does he need a building and so I want to be very clear that certainly God does not need the building at all and his glory fills the whole world and as Solomon said when he dedicated the first temple he said my Lord the heavens and the heavens of heavens cannot possibly contain you how much less this house so he does not need it but a person does because a person needs to be able to focus and have an experience wherein he is brought to understand the, the reality of his relationship with the Creator and how that can be. So the temple is not about a building, it's about a concept. And the concept again is that every aspect of human existence can be brought higher to the true level that we were created for, which is to be constantly aware of God's presence in our lives. In a, a teaching called the Chapters of the Fathers, in chapter five, the sages of Israel make a statement. They say, in the time of the second temple, there were 10 miracles going on all the time that everyone could see with the naked eye. And the miracles are enumerated, what they were exactly. But this is not the point. The point of that teaching on a deeper level and yet at a very, in a very simple meaning at the same time, the point is what is it telling us? It's telling us that you didn't have to be a prophet or a spiritual giant to be able to come to the temple and have an experience of complete renewal and walk away saying there really is a God in the world and in my life every person was able to come there and partake of this unique feeling of a different perception of reality and that is exactly what is missing from the world today and the root of the universal spiritual disease 
of selfishness, self-indulgence, arrogance, self-destructive notion. The idea of all people being united as, as one descendant of Adam, of man, and realizing life is short. Everything that goes on in the temple imparts a deep lesson for a person. All of the service in the temple, which we would need so long just to discuss even briefly, what are the offerings in the temple? It's so misunderstood. It's so difficult for modern man to understand what the offerings are all about. But what they are all about is about a person realizing the sanctity of human life and how we are not animals and how we need to realize what it means to be created in the divine image. And that's what's missing from the world today. You have said that the Holy Temple of Jerusalem is the spiritual center of all mankind. What do you mean by that? And what are the thoughts uh, behind the work you are doing here at the Temple Institute? The goal of the Temple Institute is quite unique. It is a nonprofit organization that is simply dedicated to fulfill Exodus 25.8. And they shall make for me a sanctuary, and I will dwell among them. This is a commandment in every generation. Our goal is to be as actively involved in the rebuilding of the temple as is possible in our generation. And we go about that through a variety of means, through research and education and activism and the production of uh, creation of educational curriculum that are used all over the world. And really first and foremost as kind of the focal point of our work where we are sitting today in the Temple Institute's headquarters we are really beginning the process of the rebuilding of the temple by creating all of those aspects of the temple that are within our reach to create today by creating the vessels the sacred vessels of the temple that can actually be used in the temple service because they are being made according to the exact biblical requirements and specifications but your other part of your question, the first part, why? What is the temple for mankind? Again, it's neither a magnificent synagogue, nor is it something uh, rooted in the biblical past of Jerusalem. It is the goal of creation. The goal of creation is for all mankind to bow before God. And this one place, unlike any other in the world, and no two places are alike, and, no, and not every place is holy, with all due respect. It isn't, because God said so. And this is the place that he chose, and the honor of God is reflected in the honor of Israel, and the honor of Jerusalem, and the honor of the land of Israel. And God calls the Holy Temple his footstool. And again, what goes on there is a completely different level of reality that people can be able to really understand on the deepest level, on a personal level, why was I created? What role do I have in the universe? And it's a message of compassion. 
It's a message of love. God says, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. Solomon, when he dedicated the first temple, he turned to God in heaven and he said, also the stranger who comes from a distant land, from Norway, and he turns and faces this place in prayer, you in your heaven will hearken and heed to his prayer. So Jerusalem is a microcosm of all human yearning and aspiration. And the mystery, the enigma that lies at the heart of Jerusalem is this one place, the Holy Temple. Adam himself was created from the place of the altar in the Holy Temple. It is so universal and the message is so powerful that this is a homecoming. And this is about bringing, allowing God to come back into the world and saying, yes, thank you for bringing us into this world. And yes, we will give you a place in this world as well. Jeg føler på klokskapen i ordene hans og den varme kjærligheten til Gud. Her er altså alle folkeslag ønsket velkommen til å vende sine blikk mot Jerusalem. Å være her og betrakte disse helligde gjenstandene som er tiltenkt brukt i tilbedelsen når det tredje tempel reises i fremtiden og offringene gjenopptas, er bemerkelsesverdig. Levittiske prester får allerede opplæring, og i det aller helligste, der skal arken stå med de vingede kjerubene som vokter Guds ord. Så jeg var snakket om den signifikansen av tempelet, og hvordan det ikke bare er en bygning, men at det er en idé av Gud resting i verden. Og alt som skjer i tempelet, is significant on so many different levels. For example, in the holier inner part of the temple, the sanctuary called the Hechal, there are three major vessels. For example, the menorah. The menorah is the seven-branched candelabra. This is the, the model, the prototype of the menorah that we actually built here in the Jewish quarter. There is a teaching that our sages emphasize. It's based on a verse in uh, the sixth chapter of uh, the book of Kings 1 about the windows in the Temple of Solomon. A window in a, in a building allows light from outside to come inside to the building to illuminate it. But the windows in the Holy Temple were built narrow on the inside and wide on the outside because the purpose of the windows in the Holy Temple was to allow the light coming from inside the temple to go out into the world. So on one simple level, the menorah represents the light of the Divine Presence. Here we see the golden incense altar that also stands in the holy sanctuary of the Holy Temple. And again, all of the items that are being created by the Temple Institute are, are real. They are made of the original source materials. This is gold-plated wood exactly as described and required by Torah, and it could be used in the Holy Temple. This is the whole purpose of our program, to prepare as best as possible for the building of the Temple. The most beloved part was the incense offering. And why was it so beloved? Why was it such a special part of the Temple service? Because it represents unity, which is something very elusive and very difficult to achieve. Uh, one of the ingredients has a very bad odor. 
But the secret is that when it was made in the exact proportion, together with the other ingredients, it was so beautiful that it was uh, a, a very moving spiritual experience. That's the truth is that some people, maybe their deeds are not so appealing. But what God loves is that when people are together, and this really represents uh, unity, and this is why it was such a beloved part of the temple service. This is a model of the Ark of the Covenant. We consider it to be the most accurate depiction of the Ark of the Covenant ever created. It is not the original, but we do believe that we do know exactly where the Ark of the Covenant is. It is not lost. The Ark of the Covenant is placed in the Holy of Holies, and only one man, once a year, enters into there, and that is the High Priest on Yom Kippur, on the Day of Atonement, ventures into the Holy of Holies as part of his service. The Ark of the Covenant houses the tablets of the law that Moshe, that Moses brought down from Mount Sinai. Imagine if this were unearthed today, the incredible effect that such a find would have on humanity to see that man really has had a rendezvous with God. And this is really the goal of the experience of the Holy Temple, is to re recall to us, to restore to us our our understanding to refresh our, our perspective of just how precious we are to God. And this is all symbolized by the Ark of the Covenant. We come from different cultures um, and we are different groups in the world who are all trying to seek God and as a Christian, we are taught also that Jesus did not come to repeal the law, but to fulfill it, meaning to say that the covenant with the Jews still stands, but there is also a possibility, this is the teaching of the, of the Christian faith. And in that light, it's just interesting to hear about what is the significance of Jerusalem for the Jews. You know, I think that for every person that is attached to the God of Israel, whether Jewish or not, any person who believes in the Lord God of Israel, whose name is one, the word Jerusalem is like a symphony on the ear. Jerusalem is mentioned over 700 times in the Bible of Israel. And everywhere, Jerusalem is synonymous with everything that is good in the world, with light, with hope, with the future rectified mankind. You know, here we are, we're, we're in the Temple Institute. This is our life's work. The Temple Institute is dedicated to the rebuilding of the Temple. Now, when we read every prophet of Israel, without exception, especially though, when we look at the, the chapters in Isaiah, that talk about how the whole world will come to this mountain to seek out God. And Haggai the prophet talks about how God says, in this place, says the Lord of hosts, I will grant peace. Jerusalem is the one place on earth, and there's only one, that God chose to rest his presence. You know there's a verse in Deuteronomy, 
He says, the eyes of the Lord are upon the land from the beginning of the year to year's end. The Torah, the Bible teaches us that over and over again. It is the center of creation. The place of the Holy Temple on a metaphorical level is the entrance to the Garden of Eden. The place of the Tree of Knowledge is the place of the altar. The place of the Tree of Life is the place of the Holy of Holies. And everything that the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, is doing in the, in the temple is like a way of fixing the sin of Adam, of Adam at the Tree of Knowledge. Everything that goes on in the temple has universal, tremendous cosmic significance. And the idea is that we are marching forward. We are marching forward to what the prophets of Israel describe as the greatest event in history. And what is that event in simple terms? It's the family reunion of the family of man. And Israel is responsible to bring that about by being the chosen people, which means that we are responsible for bringing the light of God into the world. So what makes the Torah uh, relevant in a modern age like ours? If, if one has that perspective that it's ancient history and that these are stories, then it really doesn't have any relevance at all. But it's the story of our lives. It's not an old story. It's happening right now because these are themes. The theme of Adam and Eve, the theme of Noah, the theme of Jacob and, and the 12 tribes of Israel and Joseph in Egypt and the Exodus and building the tabernacle and Moses and Aaron and the, and the golden calf and the manna in the desert. These are all life lessons that are so, to say that they are rich, is inadequate. They are life-changing because they are full of the meaning of what life can be if we are attached to the side of holiness. So the stories are our own life stories that are still happening right now. But furthermore, there's so much more to Bible study and to living according to Torah than the stories. This is the yoke of heaven it's called this is the covenants and truthfully the major uh, characteristic of Judaism uh, and how it differs from everything else is that it is action oriented and we believe that we were placed in this world to make the world into a better place and that we must act and I'm sure perhaps you heard the expression tikkun olam which means to fix the world, to better the world, to keep up the work of Adam in the Garden of Eden. Our job in everything that we do is to sanctify God. Our job is to fulfill His word. And by living according to the way of the Torah, we imbue every aspect of our lives with divine purpose. Would you say that one may sum up the Ten Commandments, which tend to bring such stability into the societies in which they are implemented, would you say that the sum of those are what Jesus also said, that love thy God and love thy neighbor? The Ten Commandments are certainly a summary and a uh, shorthand. Everything is about choice, and that also is the fundamental principle of Judaism, free choice. 
we must choose between good and evil. So yes, the Ten Commandments is the basis of everything, but, but the obligation of a man to be responsible for his own actions and thought and deed and how he treats another. Society in general would look so different if people understood that God is here. God is so close to us and watching us and waiting for us to make the right choice. Because everything is up to us to choose good. Oh, she's